Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little bit of something-something in the game. But regardless of why you play, you need a platform that makes it easy. At mybookie.ag, they do just that. Bet MLB regular season, NBA player props, every other major event like the highly anticipated boxing match between MMA veteran Ben Askren and YouTuber Jake Paul. Place a single wager of $20 on the fight, and you'll get a free $20 bet for UFC 261. If that's not enticing enough, back the former Olympian's corner, and you'll get a 2-to-1 payout with my bookie odds boost on Ben Askren to win the fight outright. Sign up this week with promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo, and take advantage of up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code ZABE to grab yourself a free cash bonus on top of the free bets and boosted odds. Ben Askren and Jake Paul, it's the fight that nobody asked for, but everyone can't stop talking about, and you don't want to miss out on it at my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Today on the ZabeCast, the NBA can make itself awfully hard to love sometimes. The Nets decide to duck out all their stars from a big Eastern Conference showdown. Notorious J.A.Y. joins me. We go deep on the Netflix show Ozark, plus six fouls, the transfer portal, and misses Nick Saban. All that plus, oh, look at the cute little pizzly bear. Your 45-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Thursday, April 15, 2021. Thank you for downloading. Well, the NBA is a spectacularly entertaining league, if you ask me. In the playoffs. It's a great product, and it's exciting, and I'm all about it come May and June. Anytime prior to that, it's, it's hard to love. It really is. And this is even before you get to the social justice messaging and the kowtowing to the Chinese Communist Party and their client state status of the regime. I mean... There's a lot to not like about the NBA beyond just it. And I just, I put that aside. I put that out of my mind. But it's hard to love even in the regular season when it comes to matchups because every now and then you say to yourself, hey, it's a Thursday night. I'm here in Beckley, West Virginia, halfway to Kentucky. I got nothing else going on. I might want to watch this Nets Sixers showdown in the Eastern Conference. However, look at all the guys the Nets have out on injury maintenance, or some other bullshine. Pretty much all their stars. Kevin Durant, James Harden, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Blake Griffin all out for Wednesday night's game against the Sixers, and nobody torches this kind of stuff as well as one mad dog Russo on Sirius XM. Let's go to Pat Rally. Hey, Pat, no Ewing tonight. I, I, I know you're playing the Bulls in Jordan, but Ewing's going to pass because his knees are sore. Ewing, who played every night when he was freaking, I was there many a night <laughs> in many a locker room when Ewing had a freaking ISIS knees. Talk to the media. Every game, sit in front of that locker room. Every game, sat there with his ice on his knees, and he played night after night after night after night. Played his ass off. Night after night. You think, he, I, I, I tell you something right now, Ewing wanted to play. 
How about Klaus telling Jordan somewhere in the 98 season when Pippen decided to take a pass with that late surgery, as we all saw there in the uh, documentary. How about Klaus telling Mike, you know, Mike, Sacramento's it. No, we're in Sacramento tonight. You know, you played last night. You know, let's, let's, let's take a blow. You know what Jordan would do? You know what Jordan would do? My God Almighty! You couldn't rip that uniform off him! <laughs> That's basketball! That's what he would do. He'd freaking play! How about Paul Silas? How about Havlicek? How about Havlicek? <laughs> we had eight miles every game. Havlicek played from 1963 to 1979. 16 freaking years. Every single game. You think Havlicek's taking a night off? Havlicek. Twice the player that any of these guys are. You know how great Havlicek was? That makes me sick. And you guys rip Kuzi. You know, how many games Kuzi played? You know, he taking trades to Fort Wayne, Indiana and run into the ball game because the trade is late and they played the night before in Boston. I think that's an exaggeration. And he go out there and play 45 minutes. 45. How about freaking Durant say, you know what? I'm playing. Get the hell out of here. You know, Durant, instead of fighting Michael Rappaport, how about Durant tell freaking Dan oh, yeah. and his freaking owner who's paying him $40 million, and the GM, Marks, who's a freaking out of the Popovich school, how about Durant just say, give me the goddamn uniform. I'm playing tonight. Would be nice, wouldn't it? But this league has long ago sold its soul to China for its TV rights and merchandising and this, t- this league has also surrendered to the players in so many different ways. Now, maybe it can sustain like this for years and years and years. Maybe we're going to start seeing some erosion in you know, the popularity of the NBA. Maybe the ratings will show it. I don't know. I'm still there come May and June. I'm all about it, especially when there's a good team you're rooting for like the Bucks. Otherwise, though, it's a hard league to love. On the Olympic front, they're happening in Tokyo, despite the fact that Japan still sees significant spread of the virus. Remember a year ago, Japan had a little blip, and then it went down to like nothing, and everyone's like, oh, Japan, model student. They did it right. See, they, they know how to do it. They're, they're good. They're good. No, it's just they, their turn with the virus was later on. Just like every country, every region, they're going to get their turn in the box with this virus. It is what it is. Uh, right now, they're, they're struggling, and they're still going to have the Olympics. You know why? Because you can't kick the can down the road any further. Things, uh, things go on until they can't, is a saying I read recently somewhere, which is basically to say, uh, it sounds stupid, right? Things will continue until they can't, and then they won't. You can't keep kicking the can down the road. The economic catastrophe of not not having the games is so big, they couldn't think about it because it would start crashing into future cycles of the Olympics, so they're going to have it anyway. So get this. When Tokyo Olympics volunteers asked in recent weeks, well, how how will we be protected from COVID given the country's low vaccination rate? The answer was simply, you'll be given a, a small bottle of hand sanitizer and two masks each. <laughs> Don't use them up. That's it. And guess what? If you want to volunteer for the Olympics, that's what you're going to get. That's how it's going to be. There's no turning back. There's no more road to kick the can down. It has to happen. 
And it's going to happen good and hard one way or the other. You are looking live, Jay, at Beckley, West Virginia. That's where I am tonight, indeed. Halfway to Kentucky, as the song goes. There's no song that says that. Well, there should be a song. I'm halfway to Kentucky because on Thursday night, I meet up with the Wisconsin Mafia to start a bourbon trail tour of several distilleries. And I said, hmm, eight hours of driving after a morning show on Thursday morning. I better break this up into two days. So here we are in lovely Beckley, West Virginia. What is it about, and I wish charge you can, what is it about bourbon that you guys like so much? Because I'm sorry, it just makes my face curl up <laughs> when I have straight bourbon. I, what, what is it about bourbon that is tasty? I'll tell you in a second. Okay. For me, I am just an enthusiast. I am not a fanatic. I know just barely enough to be dangerous, basically. But my boys, Mikey O'Neill and Getter, they are full-blown bourbon nerds. I've I've had a a, a straight bourbon with a chaser, and I'm like, God, this is horrible. But Scott... (laughs) Well, 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 well. Okay, here's the thing. Charch draws the line between whiskey slash bourbon and scotch. He hates scotch. Now, we know that Ron Burgundy loves scotch. Scotchy, scotchy, scotchy. In my belly. Right, exactly. But uh, scotch is more earthy, and it tastes like it's been fermented in a mossy log somewhere in the Scottish Highlands. Whereas bourbon is a little bit different and has different taste notes and yada, yada, yada. Somewhere along the line, Jay, I just decided I don't like beer anymore. Oh, my. Shut your mouth. <laughs> what did Ryan Bourbon you say? You've got a mouth like a whore. You got a mouth like a Beer is the greatest thing in the No, that's not true. My, well, my favorite drink. Is a seven and seven. That's my favorite drink. Okay. So, so there you go. You got the blended Canadian whiskey. Yeah. So, you know, so you got you got a lot of things going on there. Beer uh, is terrible. I didn't. Oh, hold on a second. I got to get the connector for this. You're home. You heard that, didn't you? <laughs> yes, you did. Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, let me let me recreate this. You know, I should have should have been more prepared, but here <laughs> here we go. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, here we go. Uh, Jay, I got to tell you, I don't know what it is about bourbon, but once somewhere along the line, I just decided I don't like beer anymore. Why don't you go back to your home on Whore Island? <laughs> I don't. I love beer. Now, I don't like the Scotland IPA. I don't all that crap. I still, you know what? After a nice uh, run of basketball, I will still drink a 40. A cold 40 is still. Wow. Yes. So you'll drink malt liquor. Yes. After a run of basketball, you know you're stereotyping yourself so hard right now. And and, and my favorite malt liquor of choice is Old English. Oh, a cold bottle of 40 Old E. Uh, It might be stereotypical. I don't know. 
Uh, have you have you ever heard the have you ever heard, ever heard the quote beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy? I've never heard that. It was it's mistakenly attributed to Benjamin Franklin. Beer is proof that God loves us and loves us and wants us to be happy. However, Franklin did not very much like beer, was more of a wine lover. The original quote came from a letter that Franklin wrote to his friend Andre Morellet while he was in France. Wrote great Ben Franklin, quote, Behold the rain which descends from heaven upon our vineyards and which incorporates itself with the grapes, grapes to be changed into wine, a constant proof that God loves us. And loves to see us happy. That's a real quote. That just happened, as Ricky Bobby <laughs> would have said. <laughs> I don't like beer anymore. Oh, I, it's it's just so okay. it, it, it's just so fizzy, and it so sloshes in my belly. It just oh, oh it makes me feel bloated. I need three or four of them. That's the other thing is I need three or four to do what a good stiff three fingers of brown will do instead didn't you also once say and i i might have the quote wrong hold, 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 hold on a second the, the the preamble of didn't you once say when applied to me could go in a whole shitload of different directions but didn't you once say that water tears up your insides <laughs> yeah I said, yeah. I said, I don't drink water. Bourbon's okay. But, well, okay. I'll yeah, I said, I don't drink water. Tears up my insides. Tears me up. I Tears up my system. Tears up my system. Tears up my system is what I said, which was intentionally stupid and ironic since that's what we live on as humans. Okay. That's always been. Oh, shit. Water tears me up. Yeah, exactly. Tears my insides up. I can't. I can't stomach it. I can't take it. It's not good for my constitution. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going. We're going to go get uh, tours of all the distilleries. Uh, Big Mike, he he's all excited because if you get in line at some of the distilleries early, then they release certain limited batch versions of their bourbons and whiskeys that you wouldn't otherwise not get in the store. See, that's the other thing about bourbon. There's a whole bourbon collecting and bourbon hunting hobby that goes on where you're looking for this bottle of this brand and this name. You can't find it anywhere. There's no schedule on where it is. You got to go drive to liquor stores. They get a batch in here. They get a batch in there. And then you're like, ooh, look what I found. And you're all happy about it. And you collect it in a giant bourbon case, which is what Mikey has, a giant bourbon case now full of bourbon. How many fights have been started over a case of beer, over a or or more fight, or more been started over four glasses of bourbon? I'm going to say the bourbon gets fights started quicker than beer. That's I would just- say so. I would <laughs> I would say so. And of course, you know the the number of times in Deadwood, in which <laughs> yes, yes. Do you remember? Do you, do you watch Deadwood? Yes. Remember, yeah, I watched the first. It was the first season religiously, yeah. Somehow I got off of it. Yeah. I yeah, but no, because they would always be on, in the bar. They would always two whiskey of bourbon. Two, yeah, two not not yeah. It was, it was never bourbon, but it was whiskey, which is okay. essentially the same thing. Yeah, whiskey, <laughs> whiskey, snatch, rum. He'd give them the choice of three things. So I anyway, my grandfather always told me, "Do not drink dark liquor. Nothing good ever comes of that." I don't know what that means, but I listen to them. Well, that's true. Of course, clear liquor. <laughs> clear liquor is also 
something that you say to yourself, do I really need this? And the answer is no, you don't need it. But if you like it, you like it. So I'm here. I just figured I wanted to prove the capabilities of the mobile strike studio. And you're sitting in a parking at a Walmart in... <laughs> in West Beckley, Virginia? West Virginia? No, I'm yeah. not. I'm actually I'm in my hotel room at a $96 a night hotel that is nice enough that I'm not skeeved out, but it's not warm and friendly. It's it, They can't quite film a movie here, but it's not like I'm at a Hampton Inn in uh, you know suburban D.C. Do you think a porn has been filmed there? No, the decor is not good enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a it's one of these hotels where they've got the uh the AC unit on the oh. window. Not on the it's window, but it's on the wall. It's a it's Oh, okay. A, yeah. I was gonna say the one it's on against the wall and you gotta turn the knob to make it colder. Yes. Right, exactly. Hey, before we get into whatever sports there is, and there's a weird lull right now in the flow of things, but there is stuff to talk about. Question: Have you watched or are you watching Ozark on Netflix? <laughs> I was there from day fucking one. Okay, so you're a okay, big Ozark I've fan. About, I've got they, I've got I've got strong opinions about Ozark. Okay, good. I, I have I have watched the first four episodes, maybe. Ugh. I like it, but I've got questions. I've got okay. concerns. Okay. Okay, the biggest problem, well, first of all, I resisted watching it because I said, oh. Everybody it, watches it. Well, yeah, right, of course. I wanted to be re- counter, uh, I wanted to go against the grain. No, I, I resisted watching it because I said, oh, I get it. It's like another Breaking Bad. They're like, wasn't great Breaking Bad, great, let's do this again. Every man gets tied up with bad people and has to do things to, you know, morally justify what he's doing, blah, blah, blah. That's number one. Number two, I'm not sure I'm buying Bateman's character as the whole concept of this this entire show. Hmm. Uh, it, I, his I descent. Team, I'm, I'm team Bateman. His, all the way, so. He's good. He's compelling. He's a better actor than I probably gave him credit for. But his slide into this insane, terrifying predicament. Way too quick for my liking. What was great about Breaking Bad is that it took a while for Walter White to spiral down to the depths. This was like, hey, I'm a really good accountant that knows how to launder money. Shit, why don't I do it for the Mexican cartels? Sounds like a great plan. I got a nice wife and kids in the suburbs. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, shit, it's gone wrong. Okay, you're only on episode four. It gets so much better after... They, okay, episode four, they just moved to the Ozark, right? And started laundering money with the casino, right? Is that where you are now? Or am I, I nope, haven't gotten to the ca- have not okay. gotten to the Sorry. casino yet. It gets Spoiler. So much, I know. Okay. If you haven't, well, yeah. The only problem I have with Ozark, and this is so shallow, and I'm an idiot for saying this. I think Laura Linney's a little too old to be married to Jason Bateman. <laughs> that's, that's my only problem. And I love Laura Linney. I love her. It, I love her. But you don't think it don't, matches up. You think yes, she should be younger yes, and a bit sportier. Yes. No, no, no. She is a very handsome, attractive woman. She just looks a little too old to be married to Bateman. That is the only one right. problem I have right. with the whole show. That's it. Yeah. But 
when they threw her boyfriend out of the out of the, out of the apartment. <laughs> that was one of the. That was one of the what? What? Yeah, so was, wait, uh, how how did they how did they find out that she had told mob. her boyfriend? They're the mob. They find out everything. The cartel is if, well. That's another thing. Is the cartel really that well connected that they could tap the phone lines? Of his wife instantly to find out she had blab blab blabbed to her boyfriend and then intercept them and then throw his ass off the balcony because <laughs> they don't need anyone knowing nothing about nothing. I'm going to say the Mexican drug cartel can get their hands on anyone. That's the reason why I didn't join. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, fair enough. So yeah, I just it 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 it, it, it went it went tic tac toe so quickly early on. I felt like it was being perfunctory the show in convincing me. Oh wow, this dude has gotten himself in over his head. I don't know the motivation for Walter White to do what he did made sense. He's dying of cancer. He's bitter that he did not get the big uh, you know money that his friend did who founded that company, you know? And he's realizing that, well, who cares? I can do this better. Plus, he had a real talent for it. This was just a, why is Jason Bateman doing this? But, I, but see, I love this. I love both of those shows for this one reason, because the characters, <coughs> excuse me, are both severely flawed. Walter White is a terrible guy. His wife is a major bitch. And his son might have been the biggest asshole on TV, but that's what made me love it. <laughs> you had a problem with Walter White's son? Oh, his son, his son was an asshole. But they wanted you. Remember how you used to talk to him and, and his wife, Skylar? Yes, but his kid ever? was struggling with a disability. He was going to be kid. salty. He was not going to be the perfect kid. You got to give him that leeway. Oh, so because he had a disability, he <laughs> Please, so, like, so, be, like, like, so being so like being <laughs> <laughs> he was struggling <laughs> the other thing about Ozark which didn't ring quite true to me is that Bateman was way too cool with a gun to his head after having seen his friends and colleagues murdered point blank there was no terror there was none of the kind of shitting your pants he would normally do even Walter White was scared shitless when he first met Tuco and other bad guys. The scene in Ozark when uh, the woman from the office excuses herself and goes into the bathroom of a shooter while she's in the bathroom. Yeah. I would have, I would have peed myself right there. Right. And so he didn't. So I, I thought that didn't quite ring true. And then, you know, the other thing was just <laughs> I thought the bad guy was too handsome. To Isla be a Morales? T- oh, yes, my favorites. yes. I, but, too dreamy. A guy that dreamy does not have to be a cartel kingpin. He can make his money legit in Mexican soap operas. So I thought. So you say Laura Linney should <laughs> her character should be a little bit younger and hotter to match up with Bateman. I, I say, say that. I say I uh, whatever. You said younger and more sporty. All right, <laughs> younger, no. younger, younger, younger. Yeah. Okay, I, I say that the the cartel head is too handsome. But that's just me. I'm going to keep watching it, though. Once oh, I'm done here, because i got nothing else to do in Beckley, West Virginia tonight, I'll uh, watch a couple more episodes. So I'll... Have, you, wait a minute, have you been introduced? Wait a minute, has, he moved to, has he moved to the Ozarks yet? Yeah. Yeah, and he's bought the hotel, so and he started to endear himself. To the town folk. 
he's starting to endear himself to the 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 the, the owner of the hotel, uh, the, the lodge. So I'm there. It gets so much better. Okay. At the end of this season, season two, and see, it's three se- three seasons. Awesome TV. Loved it. Three seasons, and then how long is it going? I know. I know they were renewed for the next one, so at least one more. Okay, so the arc and of the Rip show. Torn's in it. Rip Torn is going to be in the show. <laughs> I thought he was dead. So, I don't think Rip Torn's dead. Okay, he was in the show though. Okay, you know we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little bit of something-something in the game. But regardless of why you play, you need a platform that makes it easy. At mybookie.ag, they do just that. Bet MLB regular season, NBA player props, every other major event like the highly anticipated boxing match between MMA veteran Ben Askren and YouTuber Jake Paul. Place a single wager of $20 on the fight, and you'll get a free $20 bet for UFC 261. If that's not enticing enough, back the former Olympian's corner, and you'll get a 2-to-1 payout with my bookie odds boost on Ben Askren to win the fight outright. Sign up this week with promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo, and take advantage of up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code ZABE to grab yourself a free cash bonus on top of the free bets and boosted odds. Ben Askren and Jake Paul, it's the fight that nobody asked for, but everyone can't stop talking about, and you don't want to miss out on it at MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Speaking of too too good looking, is it possible that Zach Wilson is too pretty to be good as an NFL quarterback? There was a tweet I saw which was perfect. It said uh, that Zach Wilson is like a guy who would play Zach Wilson in a movie on Disney about Zach Wilson. And they're not wrong. He is easily the most perfectly pretty, scrubbed up, White boy quarterback I have ever seen, which makes me think he's got to be a bust. Thank you. Well, I I was talking to a friend who likes to gamble as much as you, and I said, does Vegas have odds on what coach or GM will be fired for taking Mac Jones (laughs) or Wilson? Because that's going to happen. You know that's going to happen. Well, and there could be a frenzy to get up and get him. Who knows if the Niners really want Zach Wilson or if they'll settle for uh, Mac Jones. By the way, Mac Jones's pro day was apparently a shit show. 
I yeah. saw some of the sideways yeah. throws to guys in shorts running unopposed, and you're like, this is the worst pro day workout I've ever seen. Mac Jones is Matt Liner 2.0. You had the greatest athletes at the skilled positions, and it made you look good. If you if you watch Alabama games, how many times did he throw to someone booty butt wide open? Right. All the time. Right. But guess what? Tua Tungavailoa might be a bust as well. I think he is a bust. I was going to say. Let's let's go down the list of all the great Alabama quarterbacks. Uh, uh, Kenny Stabler. <laughs> Joe Namath. That's Joe, it. Joe Namath. That's, that's it. it. That's the list. That's the list. Yeah. And, and and even Joe Namath, it, for a fun exercise, go look up Joe Namath's interception stats year by year. It's a horror show. Well, I remember Andy Pollan and I duking it out over Joe Namath once. Oh, Jesus. And Andy, Andy might have been right because that was a different time. It was. Nobody, nobody cared about passing percentages, and you could literally <laughs> harass a wide receiver all the way down the field. So – well, that's a good thing. Like that's a good thing. It was a different day and age because here was his interception totals to come into the league. 15, 27, 28, 17, 17. Uh, then he started missing games. So these are 14 game totals, by the way. He threw 27 in a season? Yes, he threw 28 in a season. Oh, Not once, Jay, but twice. Okay, even... Well, again, all they did was throw deep. They did, right. It's like if they're throwing, like, we're getting our money's worth. We're fucking throwing deep. It took Bill Walsh to come in the league and go, you know what? A seven-yard slant is a really good play. Here, watch. We're going to draw this one up. Oh, wow. Is that legal? Yes, that's perfectly legal. I, I I have done a 180 on Namath. I used to just make fun of him, but. Different time, and he did win the biggest game ever in Super Bowl. He's he's a legend. He's yeah. iconic. I think his Hall of Fame credentials are pretty weak, even considering the era that he played in from 65 to 77. What do you think his career completion percentage was? Oh, like 53 or 54, right? I'm sorry, Jay, you've overbid. 50.1%. <laughs> Fifty point one. It was like me at UC Santa Barbara. I graduated with a three point zero 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 one GPA. I just told my parents I'll get a three point or better. I promise. Barely made well, let, it. Let me let me ask you. Let me answer your question with a question. Joe Mon Joe, Joe Namath making the Hall of Fame ludicrous, or people thinking that Julian Edelman. Deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. The Edelman thing is fucking absurd. I've already been Thank through you. it on the podcast. However, it's also a fascinating way in which certain things get into the bloodstream. I think it was just one person who tweeted or said that he should be a Hall of Famer. Now, anytime a player who we've had on all our fantasy leagues for a long time looks like his career is over and he may end up in Tampa, but if it, you know, once it looks like a guy is about to be done in the NFL and he was on our fantasy teams for a long time, there's that reflexive, okay, is he a Hall of Famer? It's a not, it's not a terrible question to ask briefly, but there's no credentials to it. There's no numbers to it. There's no justification to it. Better numbers than Julian Edelman, Heinz Ward, and Sterling Sharp. That's it. Yeah. So well, he, there's, he, other he well. there's other ones as well. There's other ones as well. Entertaining thoughts. Yeah. No, he, he was he was a great slot receiver. 
that was just what they needed, especially opposite Randy Moss as a deep threat. I mean, that made he's a Robert. He's a Robert Ory of football. Yeah, he played well in big games. Yeah, a tough guy, overachiever. Uh, good for him. Nice career. Lots of money. But uh, yeah, the Hall of Famer, and not even close. Part of the tribe. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, half Jewish. Oh, okay. Well, it's like being half black. You're all. You're I know. All and he and he yeah. and he is uh, he is uh, now like the ambassador. Whenever there is a thing that comes up with anti-Semitic <laughs> let's, comments, let's go to Julian Edelman. To see yeah, what yeah. That. Like yeah. I forget what NFL player you know corked off with something anti-Semitic and said, "Oh, I didn't know it meant that." And he reached out. He's like. I will sit down with you and I'll help share with you the experience and understand blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, Rabbi Edelman, line four. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you asked Andy, is he the representative for the, for the, for the uh, is he the spokesperson for the tribe? Or I have not asked Andy, but I will have to do that next time yes. I see him. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, back to uh, Alabama for a second. Did you see the Nick Saban story that he told, told at his wife's high school reunion? Oh, God, no. So I cut the story in half because the key part is only 35 seconds. And it was essentially about getting to making sure his wife knew that the guy she could have been married to didn't turn out to be Nick Saban. Here's the story. It's Mickey Schaefer guy for like six years. So when we go back for this reunion, lo and behold, Mickey Schaefer owns a service station. I think, think Saban's dad on one, too. Go ahead. Sorry. And Terry and I have been married for 42 years, so however many that was, minus five. So I said, I am not going to miss the opportunity to do a drive-by. <laughs> Just to make sure she kind of knows how she picked. <laughs> so we, we drive by Mickey Schaefer service station, and I said, See there, honey? There's your boy, Mickey Schaefer. I said, if you'd have married him, that's where you'd be now. She said, bullshit, if I'd have married him, he'd be the head coach at Alabama now. <laughs> so. It's a good joke, right? It's a good I joke. Did, so... you, did you see it coming or no? No. Yeah. No, it's I, a good I joke. I've come around on him. You have. I actually like him now. I used, to hate, I used to think he was the devil, but. He's really good no, at what you, he does. No, you gotta you gotta like him, and you gotta yeah. respect the fact that he just keeps dominating. When other when other programs climb to the top and they stay for a little bit, and they slide and fall off, and they scramble around, look stupid trying to get back there, he just keeps it rolling. I, I I'd like I'm a Nick Saban fan. Yeah. So, so that's a, so. Do you think his wife really said that, or is that just a good joke? I've seen his wife interview before, and she's a Spitfire, Miss Terry. So I'm going to say she probably said it. <laughs> Bullshit. He'd, he'd be the coach of Alabama right now, <laughs> implying that the old axiom behind every great man, there's a good woman, came into play in this case. Although, I'll be honest, I, I don't think it would have mattered who he married. Nick Saban was born to be a fucking great football coach. You ever seen the pictures of him at uh, Michigan State with the big glasses? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Does not look, he he might have had some work done. Let's just say that. Yeah. So that line about, you know, hey, this is where you'd be if you had married that other guy reminded me of the great fight between Tony Soprano and Carmella in the episode White Caps. I'm going to say, which one? Did, right. There's a couple. <laughs> Do you remember the name Jerry Toofy? Here we go. 
got thrown surprised and miffed when there were women on the side. You knew the deal. Deal? And your mother can talk all she wants about what's his name in his fucking chain of drugstores. You and I both know that the other boyfriend you were debating marrying was Jerry Toofy with his father's <laughs> snowplow business. And we now know that that wouldn't have suited you at all. You really don't hear me, do you? You think for me it's all about things. No, 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 I forced all this shit on you. What you really crave is a little Hyundai and a simple gold heart on a chain. You are so fucking hateful. <laughs> Jerry Toofy. All we needed was Tony to say, oh, poor you. Poor you. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, transfer portal madness has begun in college basketball. Are you aware of what's about to go down? I, I don't. Well, I get it, and I don't get it. For years, coaches have been able to leave, and nobody said anything about that. So the players finally now not have an upper hand, but they have a say. But it is ridiculous. Like Daryl Marcel, forward for University of Maryland. Good player. Not a great player. Solid player put his name in the portal and said he's going to test the draft. Oh, I will get, I will get drafted before Daryl Morcell gets drafted. Let's right. Just say that. Right. But why so, not? Why not just go ahead and, and give it a run? Uh, did you see Mac McClung? He went one better. Mac McClung not only put his name in the portal, not only said he would test his waters for the NBA, but announced he was fucking transferring again for the second time. That's the three for right there. Hey, I'm transferring, and I'm testing the NBA, and I might, you know, go into the portal. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to tell anyone how not, you know, they can't make money. Right. But you got to really think about, is this realistic? I mean, is Mac McClung a NBA player? Yeah. No, I don't think he is. But then again, I didn't think Steve Blake was an NBA player. And you know, lo and behold, remember, his pro, pro basketball remember, reference says he played for 12 years. I remember betting Bram Weinstein 20 bucks that Steve Blake would never play in the NBA. And Bram got $20 <laughs> from me. Yeah, there you go. I clipped you with it for $20. So Jeff yeah. Goodman reports this. He says, been told the NCAA is going to track IP addresses. For those in the transfer portal to come down hard on the coaches who have given their passwords to non-coaches. See, the portal is a secret thing that only coaches have access to. And so now they say they're going to start hunting down, you know, who's given out the password. The first comment to this tweet was, wait till the NCAA learns about VPNs or virtual private networks. So somebody's uncle goes on a portal and tries to see where their nephew can go play if he's not. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and the uh, the guy for uh, Washington State, uh, Tanner Groves, the guy who had the giant beard and the headband, and it was like you know that guy that was like the darling of the tournament for a couple of days. I'm looking. Yeah. Okay. Look, look up him. Tanner. Yeah. Look up Tanner I Groves. Yeah. Tanner Groves is brother. He's got a brother. Who plays yes. Yes. Yeah. He's got, he's the best Sasquatch looking dude out there. Like, uh, like, uh, Jackie moon. He put out a graphic that said, uh, look at the number of offers and interests I've had from people in the portal. And it was the logos of nearly 20 different schools. So he's out there peacocking it. He's out there strutting like, yeah, look at everybody that's interested in me. This is, is not sustainable, if you ask me, in college basketball. 
you mean transferring every year trying to build a team like that? No, it's going to yeah, it's like, going to make the product even worse now. So yes. you're like the ace guy on a team, and you just don't like the situation. No, well, transfer. It's right. Life is life. Is, can't transfer in life. Yeah, and then when it comes to basketball, there's this. There's a six foul limit being discussed for men's basketball, and Jimmy Dykes is all for it. He tweeted, every official I've talked to is in favor. Game is too fast and physical to stay at five. Allows ability to overcome a bad call and keep the best players in the game. No need to overthink it. Just give each player six fouls, period. Your thoughts. Somehow people would still get screwed by playing Duke with that role, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) You're like, somehow I smell Duke taking advantage of this. Assholes. I mean, six, five, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't. How about this? Get better fucking refs. How about don't give Bo Borofsky a final four assignment, for God's sakes? Which sport has the worst officiating referees, baseball, basketball, or football? Because they're all under they're all under siege right now. Baseball they're, especially, because there have been some bad calls. And Angel and Angel Hernandez is somehow still employed. Not only that, but Cowboy Joe West. He won a defamation suit against Paula Duca this week. I, I saw that, and I was like, how does Cowboy Joe West still get gigs? He's terrible. <laughs> I know. He's still umpiring, though. So uh, I think he, this is a unpopular take, but I do believe NFL refs are the best. NFL because, refs are the yeah. best because the game has the densest rule book. It has the most mayhem going on on every single play. And yeah, they get they fuck some calls up that have to be reviewed and fixed or reviewed and not fixed, but they make a lot of right calls that are really good. You're like, shit, how did he see in real time? It was a tap, tap, two toes down. I think the NBA is plagued by the perceptions of NBA officiating. I think college basketball is very uneven, and I think baseball, the problem with baseball is they've got replay now, and in one week we've had two reviews that have failed utterly to fix a game-ending play. A Twice. strike was turned into a hit-by-pitch. Yes. And then the Phillies game against the Braves, uh, whoever it was that came home, didn't, that, and was that hard to see? I saw it in two seconds. I go, well, guess what? That's, uh, <laughs> that's, not, that's not a run. And they go, well, we can't determine. We're going to let it stand. And the fact that they went to the, re- the review and still got it wrong. That's the worst part. Yeah, it's bad. Okay, let's. we're here for a good time, not a long time, in Beckley, West Virginia. So, with that said, we queue up our rousing podcast-ending ditty known as Fuck That Guy. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, Jay, who do you got this week? I'm torn. I have two people, Bernie Madoff and Kyrie Irving. I can't, I can't tell which one. <laughs> Bernie Madoff, who finally took the big escalator down to hell, dying so in prison lives. of natural causes, so sad that he couldn't die of, I don't know, being beaten to death by inmates. But he died of natural causes, so at least he's dead. Thank God for that. Kyrie Irving asking for time off from a part-time job. He just <laughs> irritates me so much. I dislike him greatly. I've got to give it a tie. It's a, it's a photo finish. 
between Bernie Madoff and Kyrie Irving. How about the entire Nets lineup? I talked about this. I played the uh, the rant from uh, Mad Dog to before you came on tonight. They got this big game, big showdown game against the Sixers, and they're like, ah, oh, we're going to all rest our stars. Fuck off. This league sometimes makes it hard to love it, you know? Assholes. Yeah, all right. <laughs> My fuck that guy goes to one Mick Jagger. What? I was going to say, what did Mick do? Mick Jagger has come out with a lockdown song. Yes, that's right. Mick, <laughs> Mick Jagger has teamed up with Dave Grohl. I huh? guess I guess call them the Rolling Foo Fighters. Northern Northern Virginia's own Dave Grohl. Right. Mick Jagger has come out with a lockdown song that he said, I wanted to share this one I wrote about coming out of lockdown with some much-needed optimism. The song touches on Zoom calls, masks, anti-vaxxers, and more, all while celebrating a return to freedom and a, quote, garden of earthly delights. Hey, Mick, I got news for you. Nobody wants to fucking hear a song about that. They want to hear a song about love and falling for a girl that just makes your heart sing or perhaps a nice warm summer day that makes you feel alive. Nobody wants a song about the last fucking year, especially not from you. So guess what? Fuck that guy. But maybe it's good. It might be a banger. Who knows? I'll have to check it out. Dave Grohl never does anything wrong. So okay. <laughs> okay, very good. All right, Jay, always a pleasure to talk. Thank you, my friend. Bye-bye. Now. Bye-bye now. Let's end on this. I don't know if this is a thing or – I don't know if this is a good thing. Well, I know it's not a good thing. I don't know if it's a bad thing. But I know this. It sounds kind of scary. Polar bears are now mating with grizzlies to become what they call pizzly bears. The lead in the New York Post is great. The Prius isn't the only environmentally conscious hybrid out there. With climate change pushing polar bears toward the brink, nature has devised a new animal to help preserve the species, the pizzly bear. First seen in the wild in 06, this polar bear-grizzly hybrid is more resilient to climate change and better suited for warmer temperatures. The carnivore's uh, teeth are what gave it away. The pizzly bear, identifiable by their off-white coat and elongated schnoz, were reportedly formed when melting sea ice forced the world's largest land carnivore to migrate inland. There they started hooking up with with grizzlies migrating from uh, north from Alaska. See, this is the beauty. A beautiful interracial couple amongst uh, grizzly bears. I should have saved this for Jay, actually. (laughs) it's the white polar bears who have moved in to the grizzly bears territory. And they're like, Hey, you look kind of sexy. How about, how about we make some sweet, sweet babies? Pizzly bears, nature and evolution is finding a way. The pizzly bear. That is a wrap from my glorious hotel room in Beckley, West Virginia halfway to Kentucky looking forward to tomorrow giving you a fresh bourbon cast to begin your Friday free of charge since we now hit you up on Mondays to be part of Zabecast Nation if you want to subscribe 
I appreciate each and every one of you. Go to zabe.com slash premium and sign up today. Otherwise, just keep on listening. Keep on spreading the word. I won't call you a freeloader, at least not to your face. And I thank you for being part of this podcast. Have a great Thursday, and we will see you tomorrow. Like champagne and leather, like birds of a feather, we'll fly. Like rain on the sun today, like a million dollars that you're giving away. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little bit of something-something in the game. But regardless of why you play, you need a platform that makes it easy. At mybookie.ag, they do just that. Bet MLB regular season, NBA player props, every other major event like the highly anticipated boxing match between MMA veteran Ben Askren and YouTuber Jake Paul. Place a single wager of $20 on the fight, and you'll get a free $20 bet for UFC 261. If that's not enticing enough, back the former Olympian's corner, and you'll get a 2-to-1 payout with my bookie odds boost on Ben Askren to win the fight outright. Sign up this week with promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo, and take advantage of up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code ZABE to grab yourself a free cash bonus on top of the free bets and boosted odds. Ben Askren and Jake Paul, it's the fight that nobody asked for, but everyone can't stop talking about, and you don't want to miss out on it at my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.